Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Two thousand twenty-two was a very busy year in the world of North American soccer. So to end the year, we are doing our now traditional thing, where we ask each of our seven full-time staff writers at the Athletic Soccer about their favorite story that they covered this year. Today, Meg Linehan discusses her report on the U.S. Women's National Team's game against England at a sold-out Wembley Stadium, a joyous event which happened just days after something far less joyous. The release of the Sally Yates report into systemic misconduct in the NWSL. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day. I'm joined here today by Meg Linehan, our senior writer for women's soccer here at The Athletic. And we're talking about, Meg, the story that you chose as the favorite story of yours that you did in 2022. And you chose the story, I think. It's interesting because the story you chose is about uh, the U.S. Women's National Team's game against England, uh, which was in October. This game was not that long ago, yet <laughs> it feels, maybe like, this is just the World Cup effect, but it feels like three years ago for yeah, some reason. Seven, seven lifetimes ago. Yeah. When I was in London. What a what a concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I will say, like, I did cheat because my favorite actual story that I wrote this year was my profile of Hillary Knight, but she is a hockey player. So as a soccer podcast, I was not about to pick that one. A very, very worthy story, by the way, and uh, something that everybody should go and check out. We'll link that in the show's description as well. But because, as you said, this is a soccer podcast, let's talk about the story, which I also think was was quite good because, you know, it's amazing to think about now, but part of it seeming like it was so far away meant that I forgot a lot of the context about around this game. Like, I remembered that the U.S. played England, and England was obviously coming off of winning the Euros, and the U.S. was coming off of playing really no real challenging opponents of consequence for a very long time. Um, so this was, you know, I remember it being a big test. I remember the U.S. losing. Mm -hmm. um, I had forgotten somehow that the Sally Yates report had come out while the U.S. was in England training and preparing for this game. And your story is all about that. Uh, the headline for the story is the U.S. women's national team's loss to England was a major test and an exercise in clinging to joy. There was so much going on in the lead up to this game and obviously in the game itself. What made you decide to focus on that sort of balance for this story? Yeah, I mean, I think it was impossible to divorce this game from what was happening. I mean, Steph yeah. Young and I were legitimately flying to London together on the same flight in the airport <laughs> in Boston, trying to finish writing the the first day's stuff around the Sally Yates report, flying over and then immediately landing and just having the sense of there's no good time for this report to come out, right? Like, period. There's just no good time for it. 
but then to immediately have to go into kind of the the normal mechanisms of a big friendly huge crowd at Wembley expected right and you have England with this very different narrative of like <laughs> we've won euros we're ready to like beat the US women's national team and then you go to a US women's national team training and and Crystal Dunn is just processing emotions live like six feet away from you it was just a, a truly surreal experience but I think really why I wanted to focus on this concept and, and Crystal Dunn was really the one who spoke to this of like we are trying to find joy still in this moment because there is something about this game that we should be enjoying <laughs> despite this everything else happening around us and trying to live in both the terribleness of that week but also the higher moments of that week and thinking is there a path to having just actually nice things happening for a change right yeah and that was it should be said an incredible spectacle of a game it was so cool to see Wembley completely full um as it always is to see like these huge crowds showing up for women's games whether it be for Barcelona games or or obviously the the Euro uh, the Euros run uh, some great crowds in the NWSL as well. Um, since this game, Meg, there's been a lot of additional context that has happened on the U.S. Mm -hmm. side. Uh, the U.S. Uh, team itself, their form didn't get too much better until the very, very end of the year. Uh, they did stop a really bad run with that win against Germany to close it out. I like out. how you say like a really bad run and it's legitimately just three losses, but because it's the U.S. women's national team, that is high standards unheard of and so we have to consider a three-game losing streak like the worst thing that's ever happened to this team that's what happens when you have high standards they're the u.s uh, women's national team um this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an nba game and more head over to michelobultra.com slash courtside to learn more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There was also another NWSL investigation on top of that, which didn't add maybe too many new, like big headline crazy uh, things that we weren't expecting, but did provide a lot of additional detail that was really tough to read, I think, for a lot of people. Um, given both those things and reading back the story, as I know that you just, just did today, does that, do you feel differently about anything that you wrote in this story? Uh, do anything, does, does anything that's happened since really change how you feel about, you know, what, what you experienced, what you saw on the ground and what you wrote? Yeah. I mean, I think it really is just such a, a piece of the moment. Right. But I think looking back on it, it was, I don't know. I think it stands up pretty well, just in terms of we do have to both grapple with everything that has happened in this sport while also wanting for it to get better and wanting to do that work for it to get better and also having to look to the future, right? And I mean, we think about all the other big defining storylines of this year and you two 
collective bargaining agreements happening in NWCL and for the U.S. Women's National Team with equal pay being achieved, right? Like there were these big, good moments that happened too. And I think that I don't want to say that we got lost in the weeds because I don't think we did at all, but mm -hmm. that there is a sense of oh, trying to hold all of this stuff at all of the same time and putting these losses into the bigger context, right? Of of understanding, I think maybe some of the of how like when we're when we're actually trying to consider the U.S. Women's National Team as uh, from both performance, but also like what they mean. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the bigger work that I think so much of all of the storytelling around this year kind of went back to of okay, you're you're on this quest to three peat for a women's World Cup, right? Which is just kind of this absurd idea, even. And then to have to do it with all of this other stuff happening, right? And knowing that so many of these players have lived through this in some form. I mean, you think about what Kristen Press has tried to report <laughs> for a number of years in Chicago. Like, a lot of these players have direct experience with it. A lot of these players were also sticking their necks out on behalf of their teammates too, right? In terms mm -hmm. of trying to, to have these things get more attention, but also talk about them in a way where players' voices were being centered without trying to like put players in a really tough position. Um, so there was, I think, a much bigger thing. But reading this back, you know, I think that game was just such a strange, like emotional, complete high, complete low. And that story really sums it up well. I want to finish up by looking ahead. Obviously, 2023 big year it's a world yeah. cup year uh, it feels we just got done with the world cup and we got another one hot on the heels coming this summer the u.s women obviously will be heading to australia more accurately to new zealand, new zealand. at least yep. for the group stage um for the world cup what elements of this story do you think are going to be relevant in in 2023 both in the world cup and the months leading up to it i mean i think you know we now do have a ton of work ahead right and i think the real push now is can the players focus on the game itself right like that was one of the things so while also in london for this game i ended up getting uh, a last minute request to host a panel between cindy parlacone president of u.s soccer and becca rue the executive director of the women's national team players association and one of the things that we talked about in that panel was okay predictions for 2023 and the the hopeful one was the players can actually just play, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's going to be the push of we're going to see all of this big, massive infrastructure work happening across the sport in multiple levels. Monashim has been tapped by U.S. Soccer to lead their player uh, participant safety efforts moving forward, uh, you know, just kind of like the bigger picture stuff. NWCL obviously has a ton of work to do. And I think we are maybe going to hopefully see a little bit more of a split where these players are allowed to just truly focus on the sport and what they need to do ahead of this trip to New Zealand. And that's it goes beyond the U.S. Women's National Team players, too, but across the league that they've done a lot of this work over yeah. the past year, two years. It's someone else's turn now. Well, what I personally hope is that as as appreciative as I am, and I, I'm sure as appreciative or as our readers are and, and players and everybody involved with women's soccer for all the work that you've done around everything happening uh, with abuse generally writ large in the NWSL. 
I'm sure you're looking forward to maybe actually covering some soccer on a on a consistent yeah, basis. Yeah, so- you know, just what a what a concept to go to games and write about games. Uh, I I would I would like to do that instead of being a external HR department. You never know. <laughs> well, I'm certainly crossing my fingers and hoping, but should it come to that, I know that you'll be on top of it as always. Meg Linehan, thanks so much for your work this year, and thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show today and all year long. We'll be back in 2023 with new episodes. Until then, happy soccer to all of you.